Hi, my name is Barry Manandi and you're listening to the ZFM Sport Podcast. Z. From the best on the planet. It's time for the biggest sports stories. Chelsea, the UEFA Champions League winners of 2021. The biggest interviews. That uh, such a great spectacle is ruined by such such thuggish behaviour. And all the analysis right here. He's the one player that has the arrogance to think that he can play in any stadium in the world. And any pitch in the world, in front of any player in the world, and take them on. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's ZFM Sport. Let's join the team for the biggest show in the world of sport on ZFM Stereo. My station, your station. Mondays are meant for review on ZFM Sport and today is no different. We're reviewing all that was over the weekend and there was a lot of sport and we're going to talk you through it. Uh, your opinion matters to us. So get in touch on our WhatsApp number 0731168045. That's 0731168045. But the opinion that you hear coming over the microphone on this side, that studio side, is Mike Madoda, Chris Meadzi, our uh, producer Sean Tafirinika and of course Alos Punjira joins us as our football pundit. My name is Barry Manandi. On the show today, following their winning start against Namibia yesterday in the Confederation of Southern African Netball Association's uh, Tri-Nations Cup, uh, the Zimbabwe netball team suffered a reverse as they went down 38-34 to 34, uh, to the same opponents this afternoon. Elsewhere, the Goshawks uh, concluded their Curry Cup first division campaign with a loss to Falker. In international sports news, Blues playmaker Bowden Barrett declared it is, quote, the final everyone wanted as his team and the Crusaders will set about getting ready for this weekend's Super Rugby Pacific showdown. In Around the World in 60, we have updates from England, the United States and Azerbaijan. And in the second half of the show, we'll give you the Castle World Football Report kicking off on the continent where Al Akwi and Pizzo Mosimane have reached an agreement to part ways and Manchester City have announced the signing of Erling Haaland from Borussia Dortmund whilst rivals Liverpool have also made their move for a coveted forward as they've agreed a deal with Benfica for Darwin Nunez worth about 85 million pounds and then we'll give you updates from the European Nations League where Spain coach Luis Enrique praised the side for the way they are developing as La Furia Roja saw off the Czech Republic to move into top spot in Group A2. The Warriors, the Chevrons, the Cheetahs, the Mighty Warriors and the Sables. From the pool to the track to the field, we are Team Zimbabwe. The Home Front. Local sports news and analysis. At risk of not back announcing that song, well, that was Train with Sophia Reyes. Train, of course, a fantastic group. They really miss uh, that track called Cleopatra. Don't forget in touch to get in touch with us. Zero seven three one one six eight zero four five. That's zero seven three one one six eight zero four five. We want to know your thoughts on some of the stories that we are discussing. And netball is front and centre following their winning start against Namibia yesterday in the Confederation of Southern African Netball Association Tri Nations Cup. The Zimbabwe netball team suffered a reverse as they went down 38 to 34 uh, to the same opponents this afternoon the gems won the opener 48 36 before this afternoon's loss as they are a there are a number of few new new faces who are getting their first taste of international competition gems coach Robafadzo Mutsawuki 
says he is still trying out combinations and his technical team are using the Kosana uh, Tri-Nations series with Malawi and uh, Namibia as part of their 2023 Netball World Cup qualifiers preparations. Yeah, I think first quarter and the Costa in the that quarter have a open in the advantage have a confidence from that quarter. Um build a team in qualifiers. a very strong team. So every player a chance So first quarter to try to combination and that combination we try to change but it was too late and kanawaona team ya murugita kakukwizana yo 50-50 ikawana 3-4-5 goals in advantage it means mwanengema to under pressure see they're talking about the fact that you need to win your quarters and make sure that uh, you split the game into its quarters and uh, the fact that we lost critical quarters Chris uh, was what let us down he seems to be uh, quite clear on what he wants out of his team what he expects uh, in terms of a performance and a delivery and that can only bode well for the future yeah and I think it's it's good that he's gone in full well expecting that there are going to be some mishaps that some of the experimentation is not going to do well but I think what he's pointed out very clearly um, in that audio is the fact that they have to respond. And I think one of the things that lived them down was that they were unable to use some of the turnovers that they got in that game, which is, I'm sure, things that they'll be able to tweak and work on. And it's good that these things are happening now while they're during the season, uh, this series and also just to get those new players up to speed with international netball. And international netball, uh, the netball federation must be commended, Mike, uh, because they've got this tri-nations that's coming through. We understand they're going across uh, to England, I think it's Manchester, I think it is uh, I, I stand corrected, uh, but they're going to play a few friendlies out there, so they've got uh, quite a bit of an itinerary that's going to expose these new faces, new players the debutants, uh, to some international netball before we get to the qualifiers proper Yeah, I, 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 absolutely Barry, I think everything is about building up to the World Cup, and just like the rugby, uh, you know, they've been given uh, the ideal preparations uh, first of all, of course, uh, getting the new faces to bid into the team, into the team culture, the team environment uh, to try out combinations like he was doing of course uh, in this game uh, in a less competitive environment and then ratchet it up a bit when they go to Europe of course they'll be up against better teams uh, when they're out in the United Kingdom and of course Zimbabwe are hoping uh, to get one of the remaining two tickets to next year's Netball World Cup which will be played in South Africa Uh, and so it'll be good to see the James qualify for that World Cup Uh, we've got a lot of Zimbos out in South Africa uh, and just like the support we received in Liverpool uh, the last time out we'll be hoping of course that the James receive similar support uh, from the many Zimbabweans that are in South Africa and one of the things that we're going to have to do is get big performances from some of the big and experienced players uh, who are in that team uh, just like uh, Clarice Koramba uh, mm. who of course uh, has stepped into the breach taking over the captaincy from the uh, absent of Lister Skwangwa who's out in the United Kingdom uh, playing elite netball uh, the likes of Tanasha Makusha from Platinum Queens as well as Urshland Lovu who plays for Globe Petroleum those players are going to have to put in big performances as we head towards those World Cup qualifiers. Also great that many of these players aren't getting into uh, the national team cold because we know that the uh, various football... (laughs) 
Netball leagues. The various netball leagues are in action. Now Zimbabwe play uh, Malawi this week, uh, this evening. Uh, Malawi is ranked seventh in the world, and they're the highest ranked side among the three teams at the Tri Nations uh, and our favourites. Uh, Zimbabwe themselves, as you probably know, are ranked number thirteen, and then Namibia is the lowest rank of the Tri Nations. They are ranked number twenty-two. It's all building up to those World Cup qualifiers. Let's talk rugby. Hi, I'm JC Creel, Springbok and Blue Bulls backline player. You are listening to ZFM Sports. All right, now the Goshawks, uh, under which the uh, Sables are playing under that, that banner uh, in the Curry Cup First Division. Well, they wrapped up their campaign with a 26-16 to 16 loss to Falker at uh, Weinberg Boys High School as they finished the competition with three wins and six losses in their maiden season. The Sables uh, were using the Curry Cup First Division to aid their preparations for next month's uh, Rugby Africa Cup, which doubles up as World Cup qualifiers. Uh, the Sables will wind up their preparations by playing the Netherlands in a high-profile test match in Amsterdam on the 25th of June. Let's hear from Sables coach Brendan Dawson who spoke in the aftermath of the Goshawks' defeat to Falker. I know I'm happy with where we are. We played some really exciting rugby and we, we got all our patterns and we got all of our defence and everything sort of where we wanted to be at this stage. So yeah, going into the Netherlands, I'm very, very happy. And, you know, we got our structures right, we got everything right. So yeah, I mean, the results is, the result was, uh, you know, wasn't the great, the, the result wasn't what we wanted, but, you know, we, we had missed a couple of tries where we should have scored and we know we were where we were. So yeah, uh, some, I'm happy with where we are and I'm happy going into the Netherlands game with the squad that we have. We meet up with five, five other players in France, so which is also good, which will bolster everything. So yeah, I'm very, very happy with where we are and uh, and the guys performed. I mean, the defence was solid, the attack was really good, the structures were good, we built some last phases. So yeah, very, very happy with where we are. See. So, Brendan Dawson, using the word very twice, mm. very, very happy. Very, very happy. Uh, Mike, the scoreboard doesn't read very well. I mean, three wins and six losses. Uh, but your assessment generally, because obviously there were players coming in, players moving out and all sorts. And it was there, there was a lot of testing of combinations and all sorts. But your broad assessment of yeah, this. Yeah, I think uh, a, super, a superior level of competition. Uh, we were never going to go and dominate this competition. Mm. I know it's the Curry Cup first division. It's, it's, a, it's a step down from uh, the Curry Cup where you get, of course, uh, the uh, provincial franchises playing uh, the main ones uh, like the Lions like the, the the Western Province ETC but these teams still very uh, too strong for Zimbabwe and on six occasions it was proven mm. uh, we managed to register uh, three victories which I, I think was very important but what we saw during this tour was that uh, many of the boys were able to get minutes under their belts they were able to get game time there was also a lot of experimenting from the coaches from the brains trust uh, combinations tried out, new players given a run, uh, and one of the experiments I think that has worked uh, is moving uh, Hilton Modariki uh, to fly half mm. uh, from scrum half, right? Where you know what, uh, there were a lot of whispers uh, behind the scenes that you know what, is he the right man to be playing as halfback? Mm. Uh, but they've turned him, of course, into a first five eight, uh, as they call him in New Zealand, uh, a fly half, and he seems to be doing a decent job. Yeah. Uh, I'm yet to 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 really become. Con- 
confident in his playmaking uh, abilities, his ability to break the lines and create chances like we see for the best fly halves in world mm. rugby. But what he's got is that he's got a steady hand. Yeah. Uh, he passes well, mm. having been a scrum off, and he's also kicking very well. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think you and I actually attended one of his practice sessions yeah, out yeah, yeah. at Arada Sports Club, uh, and he seems to have continued this. Even if you watch some of his social media posts, uh, he's posted a lot of stuff of him practicing, mm. of him kicking yeah. uh, and stuff. So he's obviously sort of like embraced the new role yeah. and the fact that he could be competing for the number 10 jumper instead of the scrum half position. And I think that's where uh, the Sables Brains Trust want to move him. I think they recognize that he is the team leader. Yeah. Uh, and instead of just dropping him outright, why not try him in a new combination, but with him playing at 10 and someone else stepping into the breach at number nine. Let's look at that, uh, um, the, the effect of that change, the net effect of that change mm. in this game in a microcosm, Chris. When you, you, you look at it, that Fol- Folker ran out uh, to a 12-0 lead, I think it was after yeah. 13 minutes. So they were out of the blocks very quickly. Zimbabwe reeling them back uh, to, uh, I think the score at one stage was uh, 19-16, uh, three-point gap, uh, Folker still leading. But that fight back was courtesy large in large part to the boot of Hilton Redding. Yeah, he slotted in two penalties um, to get uh, the Goshoks, as Bud called them, the Sables. Tomato, tomato. To get the Goshoks on the board. And I think when you take a look at that kind of impact, I think we're used to seeing um, impact from Hilton Bedariki, but I think going forward, we're going to be seeing it in a different way. Like Mike said, this is someone who's shown consistently that they're dedicated to this team. And it's really important, I think, just for the younger players that are coming in, to have someone like that within the setup. But I think something else that we we haven't really talked about much when it comes to this team is the fact that there's been a lot of work done beyond just the field by Zimbabwe Rugby, which I really liked, was the focus on their nutrition and also focus on their strength and conditioning at an international level. They were using very good facilities and um, they were able to really get these players into good shape, taking a look at the full spectrum of a player. And I think it's it's hats off to Zimbabwe Rugby for that. And that's strength and conditioning that Chris has just talked about, Barry, I think it's the reason why, despite the fact that they had several injuries, I mean, if you take a look uh, at the uh, at the clinic uh, out yeah. uh, at the Goshoks camp, mm. I mean, uh, Brendan Mandivenga, Ines uh, Mzengerere, Brendan Mzekenyezi, Blythe Mavesere, Farai Mudariki, Kudakwashi Gufi, Nyagufaringwa, all those players falling by the wayside, but still, we were able to put out competitive teams because of that strength and conditioning uh, program that they've got. So, it's something that stands in good stead heading of course into the very important World Cup qualifiers and of course uh, it'll be hoped that uh, other players who are injured uh, the likes of Andrew Evans uh, Tawonga Ablant um, uh, Brendan Mandivenga as well as Conor Pritchard I think mm. who will be of course uh, uh, pushing for starting places uh, in the run on 15 they of course will be available uh, for selection come the World Cup qualifiers next month in France Absolutely and so squad announcement squad announcement squad announcement the 31 man squad was announced and it's got several and cap players. Chris, you were talking about uh, a lot of young players who haven't had uh, much experience under their belts at this level. Well, they're all there. They've got a chance uh, to uh, stake a, pl- a place in the run-on 15 or at least uh, in the match day squad to ensure uh, that they get some game time, uh, certainly in that Netherlands uh, uh, friendly and then hopefully for those World Cup qualifiers. So all the best uh, to the Sables final squad and you can check our social media and uh, check the players that have been selected and will do battle under Sable's colors and fly the flag.
Hi, my name is Sean Williams, Zimbabwe cricket captain. You're listening to ZFM Sport. Z. Let's give you the rest of your local sports news, starting off with some cricket, where Innocent Kaya scored his maiden T20 international half-century, but the Chevron's poor form against Afghanistan continued when they lost the T20 international series to the visitors at Harare Sports Club yesterday with a game to spare. The Zimbabweans fell to a 21-1, 21-run defeat to in the decisive match, despite a promising late cameo with the bat by Sekanda Raza. Player of the match fell... Fazal Haq Faruqi and Rashid Khan helped the visitors claim an unassailable 2-0 following their good work with the ball. Head over to some golf news. Bailey, a week after winning his first Asian Tour tournament, Zimbabwe professional golfer Scott Vincent returned to the course and finished tied on position 20 at the 25 million LIV Golf International at Centurion Club in London. Vincent, who is tied with Ian Poulter, carded rounds of 67, 72 and 76 for a 5-over pass score. The Zimbabwean finished ahead of several top golfers like Sergio Garcia, Phil Mickelson and Travis Smith. For his efforts, Vincent pocketed 200,000 US dollars. Not a bad day on the course, Michael. Uh, not a bad day. Uh, 200,000. <laughs> wow. Uh, and uh, this is primarily the reason, I think, uh, why the um, LIV uh, tournament, I think, is going to attract more golfers yeah. as mm. it goes by. Because uh, if you're finishing 20 uh, and you're earning yourself 200,000, yeah. uh, that's a pretty pay packet. Instead of to some athletics news, Zimbabwe triple jump star Chingetai Duma Paya capped off a memorable collegiate career with Texas Christian University in style after capturing the NCAA Outdoor Triple Jump Championship on day three of the NCAA Outdoor Championships in Oregon. Mapaya produced a, the defining jump on his third attempt when he leapt 17.26 meters to break his own school record for a personal best jump. His championship winning jump puts him at number four in the world this season. Everyone knows. The hits. Turn the lights, turn the lights, turn I wanna go there. Live here. Say something. From the front of the grid to the back of the net, it's CFM Sport. International Sports News Roundup, where the world comes out to play. Rugby news now. Blues playmaker Bowden Barrett uh, declared it is, quote, the final everyone wanted. As his team, the Crusaders, will set about getting ready for this weekend's Super Rugby Pacific Showdown. The Blues, who will host the decider, uh, scraped through with a tense a 20-19 to semi-final win against the Brumbies in Auckland on Saturday, a day after the Crusaders' torrid 20-7 to victory over the Chiefs. Former All Blacks, Sir or former All Black uh, Sir John Kerwin says Bowden Barrett uh, has propelled the Blues to a hotly anticipated final. Yeah, look, I think when you look at players as good as Bowden, you're always looking for parts of their game that they're trying to improve on. And I haven't seen him this direct at the defensive line for a long, long time. And you cannot run off him, but he's actually accelerating with some real determination into that def- defence line. And I think that puts real, real pressure on the defence line, which helps outside. So, um, you know, when you talk about a triple threat, that kick, pass and go, he's really doing the go part. Yeah. Better than I've seen him do it for a long time. Z. Yeah, an element to Bowden Barrett's uh, game that we haven't seen in a long time. And uh, listen, that 
performance, that prowess has given everybody the final they're waiting for. The studio split right down the middle because Mike Madura is a Crusaders a fan and Sean Tafirinika a Blues fan. So it's the final Who everyone wanted. Hey, I'm a Crusaders fan. There through we and go. Through, brother. Take responsibility. <laughs> Take responsibility. And Own your stuff. <laughs> We're winning this. Oh, one time. Yeah, one, one time. But both Barrett is playing some good rugby. Yeah, he's playing good rugby. I think he's, he's somewhere near his best. Uh, he's not exactly back to his best, but he is somewhere near there. Uh, and even a, a Borden Barrett is operating at about 80% or 90%. He's still quite easily, in my mind, one of the best rugby players in the world. Uh, and when he does this, Barry, it, it's not just good for the Blues, who, of course, um, will be benefiting from his talents. But I think uh, the uh, old Black Springs Trust as well will be looking at this and, uh, and licking their lips because they'll be able to play him uh, in the number 10 jumper where he's been the most effective for the All Blacks. I know there's Richie Mwanga, who's a steady hand, who also can be mercurial, but I don't think when you compare the two players playing at their best, you've got to say that Borden Barrett, I think, has got an X factor uh, simply because of that lightning burst that he's got. I mean, mm. he's one of the fastest players mm. uh, in world rugby. He's been phenomenal. Deceptively uh, fast, yeah. yeah he, he's, <laughs> gonna, he's going to have to repeat this uh, against uh, the Crusaders. Mm. Uh, the Crusaders have got a stoic defence. We talked about it on Friday. Making 222 tackles in the game against the Chiefs, right. they were tested mm. as far as the defence uh, was concerned, and they held firm. And so, whatever the Blues have to do, it'll have to border on the Mercurial. They're going to have to do something magic. It can't just be the ordered, structured rugby, because if yeah. you play that they will beat you at a at, at thing at, at your own game yeah. they are very good at playing that so I think Borden Barrett is going to be key uh, and the back line is going to be key as well players like Rico Ioane as well playing in midfield uh, I think if they get the ball to him uh, nice and early uh, where they can create the one-on-one situations mm. I think it will stand uh, the Blues in good stead but uh, I think if the game is sort of like an arm wrestle uh, I see it of course uh, going the Crusaders way we'll get to talk about the, the, and preview the final later on in the week but uh, Chris we've got to make an honourable mention for, uh, about the Brumbies in this competition mm. because Australian rugby has had a torrid time over over the last few years, uh, and in truth, to how to run uh, a New Zealand side so close in, in in a semi-final, I think is credit to the to the gains that have been made. Yes, we say it's due to possibly the notes that were that passed uh, <laughs> along to Australia, but nonetheless, Australian rugby coming up nicely. Yeah, coming up nicely, and definitely, I think giving us more of a watch this season. I think um, in the last season, what we saw was consistently the New Zealand sides just pushing along, pushing along in every single game. What we've seen is more of a fight we've seen more competition um, from them and I think in this particular game from the Brumbies I think Tom Back's honourable mention absolutely brilliant performance from him and he almost got uh, clinched that victory for them as well I'd be a bit wary as well guys of, of labelling it as Australian rugby mm. uh, because this is just one team that was in the semi-finals against three New Zealand sides sure. uh, very so good we should side. be cautious for now uh, I think we, we need to wait until that first test versus England okay. uh, in a couple of weeks time and uh, we we, we begin to then judge how the Australian team comes together. You know, uh, are they going to lean very heavily on the Brumbies? Uh, can they fuse together uh, the players from the other franchise? So we know they've got very good players uh, playing out for Queensland, uh, playing out for the Waratahs, ETC. Uh, can they then bring them together and gel them uh, in, in, in a manner that we see from teams like the All Blacks? Who, listen, you take a look at the All Black squad that we're going to be talking about a bit, bit later on. Yeah. Uh, you can, if Effectively, as a fan, 
select about 13 players that you know for certain will start, will start and yeah. in mm. what positions they're for going sure. to start because they've got such continuity mm. uh, with Australia right now it's about infusing new players with some of the older heads uh, and of course trying to make sure that they get this momentum going uh, that they've established with the Brumby so uh, I'll be, I'll, it'll be interesting to watch because I think England has always been a problem for Australia mm. uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how they go the about Brumbies are, are likely, Brumbies are likely to be the base for that uh, it'll, for that it'll will be the base yes yeah, yeah. but it's, it's about the combinations for now. sure for sure yeah. Well, let's talk about that uh, um, All Black side that we we, we keep promising. <laughs> let's deliver. Captain Sam Kame says the All Blacks uh, will have a point to prove after six uncapped players were named in the squad uh, for next month's uh, three-test series against Ireland. So that squad, very interesting selections. And in, in particular, Chris, you've got to say it's the uncapped players uh, that probably catch the eye because uh, the All Blacks and New Zealand rugby in, in general has a habit of just having this conveyor belt of mm. young players that keep coming through and are at world-class quality. Yeah, they've got um, some uncapped players, I think six of them, uh, for Lau Fakatava, Roger Tuivasa Shek, uh, Lester Fainganuku, Stephen Perifeta, um, forwards Aidan Ross and uh, Peter Gus uh, Soakula. And when you take a look at some of those players, these are players who... Um, shone out through various parts of the sure. game so when you take a look at Tuivasa Sheik um, schoolboy rugby standout so they, like you said that consistent conveyor belt of players who have been grilled through a system and then they come out absolute diamonds um, turn out for the old and then they've got the old heads uh, yep. Dane Coles is there Conti Taylor is there you take a look mm-hmm. at Nepo Laulala is there uh, you take a look at um, Ofa Tuingafasi yep. Scott Barrett uh, Brody Retallick uh, Samuel oh, Whitelock <laughs> Sam Kane Akira Yowani Dalton Papali Adi Severe so you know a lot of experience mm. and then they're bringing in these six fresh dynamic new faces who will be wanting to push these older heads for a starting place in the run on 15 and so exciting have, times for New Zealand and still have the luxury of leaving our Japan based pair of Damien McKenzie and uh, Lok uh, Patrick uh, Tuipoluta who, who no doubt <laughs> will be in the squad they will for, be in the, for the rugby championship 100% that's just quality wherever you want to find that's your all black squad for those Irish uh, tests and should be uh, very very entertaining, but first there's a small matter of a, a Super Rugby Pacific final this coming weekend. Hi, my name's Ryan Kenz, Sunshine Tour professional golfer, and you're listening to ZFM Sport. Around the world in 60 seconds, international sports news. We took off in England where Trent Bolt's five-wicket haul kept New Zealand's noses narrowly in front after Joe Root and Ben Folks picked up from where they had left off in the th- on the third evening to help England close the gap considering considerably action at the moment. New Ze- oh, so New Zealand putting up 553 in their first innings, England with 539 in their second innings, New Zealand 171 for four. That means New Zealand lead by 185 runs. We'll head over to the United States where the Golden State Warriors reclaimed home court advantage with a hard-fought win over the Boston Celtics in Game 4. Steph Curry scored a series-high 43 points on Friday night and Golden State coach Steve Kerr kept a struggling Draymond Green off the court for a chunk of the fourth quarter. The series returns to San Francisco to what is now a best-of-three series, tied at two games apiece with Game 4 tipping off early tomorrow morning at 3 a.m. One person is going to be wide awake, Mike Madrid. Absolutely. Uh, and I think this game is important. I think whoever wins tonight uh, mm. may well win the series. 
We'll touch down in Azerbaijan where Max Verstappen led Sergio Perez to a Red Bull 1-2 at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix after Ferrari suffered a disastrous afternoon that saw both Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz retire with engine failures after ending up on different strategies following the virtual safety car that was triggered by Sainz's retirement on lap 9. Verstappen and Leclerc looked set for another tight battle for victory only for the other Ferrari to suffer the same fate when leading on lap 20. We're going to get into that but only on tomorrow's show it's probably sponsored by Zamoko. Fan Zone Get in touch with the team and have your say your way Operator all right, let's go to our WhatsApp our platform. Uh, the number you know, 0731168045, and the messages are coming in. And hey, guys, well, good evening to you, Chido from Chitungwiza. And I just enjoy your informative show as always. Uh, and I too will be watching game five of the NBA finals, and I'm tipping the Celtics to take this one. So Chido is backing the Celtics to do the business. If they if they win this one, uh, I, I've got it. I don't think they can go back to back in the. Best. Uh, and uh, I, but I still fancy them to win on their own home court in game yeah, seven. Yeah, for sure. If, yeah. if they win this, this one's key. <laughs> if, if they win this one, then a lot of things swing in their favor. So you you, you think to yourself, uh, the 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 Town has got to do what Town does and, yeah. and defend. I think similarly as well. If if, if uh, the Golden State Warriors win this one, uh, I think they're good for the money they because go, yeah. uh, I can't see to Celtics up, going yeah. like back uh, with back to back wins uh, in the next two matches. So it'll be very very interesting. Thanks for that message, Chido. Uh, good evening, uh, guys. Anzi Jingles is a typical example of a victim of success. Uh, the athlete never liked the man and that four Champions League final was what the legends wanted to have their, uh, wanted to have their point vindicated. This is Eri uh, from Bulawa and you've got to say that's right Alois, isn't it? I mean... Um the legends never really bought into the fact that, that they had uh, an African from sub-Saharan Africa in charge. I mean, to put it rather uh, crudely, a black man in charge of mm. Al-Akli. Yeah, the listener is spot on there because uh, when you look at the interviews and the statements that were being made by the former uh, Akli players, they really didn't like uh uh, Masimani and they, you know, it's a it's a situation where you can actually feel that they're actually looking for him to fail. They want him to fail so that they can actually feel vindicated. You know, this thing you actually want your own team to fail because you don't like somebody who is in charge. You know, I think it's actually a crazy way of of, of looking at things. But that's what what was happening. And uh, for Pizzo to actually look like stepping down, I actually think it's a it's a good idea. You know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to work in such an environment myself. Martin in Waterfalls wants to talk rugby. He says, hi, guys. I'm enjoying the show. I'm excited about the All Blacks team announcement, but I'm still to be convinced about Ian Foster as the coach. He seems to run out of ideas when the going gets tough. And uh, I, too, share those sentiments, Chris, uh, with, with Martin, that uh, you take a look at the All Blacks squad, which we discussed uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, those are some of the best players in the world. Yes. But we did yes. see them struggle over the last 18 months against teams that ordinarily the All Blacks were sort of like blow away. I mean, there was that 
huge defeat, I think, at the hands of France. Yes. And then there was another defeat at the hands of Ireland as well. Yeah, and usually when it comes to the All Blacks, there's certain there's certain teams that we know they can beat convincingly. They haven't been able to do that. And when you take a look at just the amount of talent across that squad, the, the depth of that squad as well, I don't think that they should be coming as close to the line as they do. Um, I think they should. the All Blacks should be getting these convincing wins. And they're not, which points, as usual, to one department. Uh, Panas Pacino, he says, Hi guys, uh, are we going to get our tears wiped by the Chevrons? Hopefully in the World Cup qualifying coming <laughs> later in the year. Barry, the Chevrons. It's now five defeats on the spin versus Afghanistan. Uh, we are staring in the face of another whitewash in the T20 International Series, which we thought was going to be more competitive. Yeah. Your thoughts on that? Ah, shucks. And the Pamapamolt Cup qualifiers are going to improve. Do you see any light at the end of the time? Uh, not a chance. Not <laughs> a chance. Uh, listen, you can't we are hosting them, Barry. You can't, no, you can't have a swing the level of which we require. I, I, it's, it, it just isn't going to happen unless, 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 unless. There's a famous uh, Zambian coach who coached here. Uh, used to say, he says, if you can't change people, change people. Uh, so <laughs> we need to change Lauchan Rajput or change the players. One of the two. Uh, Hansi, Hansi uh, Lauchan Rajput is the Logari of Zimbabwe cricket. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> ZF Sports, ZF Enjoy the show as usual. It's given Lutonek out in Mount Pleasant. Thanks so much uh, for listening. And then we'll wrap it up with a message here. And Hansi Nunez, Holland, Lukaku, Ronaldo, Salah, Son, and that's you, the EPL, and that's why the EPL is the best league in the world. It attracts the best players, Tadiwa from Tinod. Uh, surprising to see Lukaku. Lukaku, well, I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> he snuck in. <laughs> I think that guy's just a Lukaku fan. He's on Lukaku's <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're going to put like De Bruyne there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Instead of Lukaku. But uh, we'll let it slide. Let's head out to the Castle World Football Report. Your, your hit mu- music station. My station. Your station. It's everybody's station. ZFM Stereo. Barcelona Premier Soccer League, La Liga, Serie A, the English Premier League, the Bundesliga. It all comes together with the Castle on the Castle Lager World Football Report. Well, that news that broke earlier this afternoon, al Akli and Pizzo Mosimani reached an agreement to part ways. The club's president, Mahmoud El-Khatib, held a meeting with the chairman of al Akli football company, Yassin Monsour, the club's board members, Hossam Gali, and planning committee members to discuss Mosimani's future with the club. During the meeting, they all decided that he should continue his mission with al Akli as a result of the achievements he managed to accomplish during the previous period. However, during the meeting that was previously held, Mosimani requested to leave and that he is satisfied with the achievements he managed to accomplish with the club. The net result, Chris, is that Pito has left the Egyptian Giants, mm. but not before delivering five trophies, including back-to-back Champions yeah. League victories. He can look back and say, you know what, my tenure in Egypt was a success. Yeah, definitely mark this one as a success. I think what's unfortunate about this situation is that you've got some Al-Ashi fans, some pockets of them, 
And also, like Alice pointed out, some of those former players who didn't have the best things to say about a black man being in charge at Al Ahli, despite what he delivered. Because let's bear in mind, this man managed to get Al Ahli to the Champions League final. It's yeah. not like he dropped off somewhere in the yes. group stages mm, or anything mm. like that. He got them to the final and mm. he lost the final. It's a final. It's literally well, one of the two minutes. best teams exactly on the, on the continent. So for me, um, I think the situation may have become a bit toxic for him, and that's possibly why he's chosen to leave. But when you're taking a look at overall, Peter Musimani has done what we expected him to do, which is win. Well, well, you take a look at the situation, uh, Barry. It's a situation where you've got uh, Africa's biggest club, you've got Africa's most successful club. You've got Africa's most followed club in terms of their local support, the numbers that they have in terms of their fan, even their social media footprint, their digital footprint is the largest on the continent. It's also the best paying job on the continent. And this job belonged to Pizzo Mosimane, a South African. And that, no doubt, was the source of the xenophobia uh, that Pizzo Mosimane uh, encountered even before he actually walked uh, into the dugout. Absolutely. It's a, it's a far cry from a, from a Ford Everest, that's for sure. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot bigger. And, and uh, there are lots of other coaches who are very keen on the job all at the same time. So I think it was a, it was a case whereby it was always going to be a pressurized position. And and uh, that pressure, uh, to an extent, brought the best out of Peter Mosimani, firstly. Uh, but secondly, it's, it certainly gets to a point whereby if they don't believe you for such a long time, it starts to get toxic. Yeah, you know, it, it, it was rather toxic, Barry. When you look at the situation, like Chris said, they won the Champions League with them. Twice, twice in a row. Yeah. In a row. And he won the league with them in Egypt. So and took them to a third final. And took them to a third final, of which he could have, who, who knows, home ground advantage. He lost yes. it. There were some actually reasons that we can actually attribute to their loss in the final. And then you say that this guy didn't do well. You know, I actually think now Pizzo has done well. You know, like Mike always say that a good dancer knows when to leave the dance floor. Oh, yes. So I think now he he knew this, so this was the time this, yeah. to leave this dance floor and then go somewhere else and they will remember him for what he did for there'll, this club there'll be for no a shortage long time. of takers uh, there'll be no shortage of, of takers as far as jobs is concerned i think right now uh there'll be clubs even i think kaiser chiefs will be thinking you know what uh, maybe we, we we rushed too uh, too early to <laughs> confirm <laughs> others one yes, exactly. uh, and uh, yeah. you've also got the situation i think the curious situation is that orlando pirates mm. have not yet confirmed who yeah. their coach yes, is going yeah, to be yeah, for yeah, next yeah. season those guys are, uh, are yeah still so in the... so there's a, there's a bit of an opening there uh, but even in North Africa as well. You take a look at your Moroccan teams who are able to yeah. pay as much as Al Ahly. Yeah. Uh, you take a look at your teams in the in the Middle East, Middle East uh, yeah. Saudi sure, Arabia sure. as well. Uh, he could well uh, listen be uh, open for, to a job, a higher paying job uh, in that region of the world. Well, staying on the continent, let's take a look at the Afcon qualifiers and of course the final round of the June 2023 Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers kicked off this afternoon with Nigeria, the Super Eagles, walloping Sao Tome and Prince <laughs> 10-0. Yeah, San Marino of Africa. Wow. That, that, that is a thumping. I mean, it, it's just the, the sort of re result that Nigeria needed after missing out on qualification uh, for, for the World Cup. Uh, you know, they just needed something uh, to lift to them lift up. The and then uh, currently on right now, you've got uh, Sierra Leone and Guinea-Bissau, and that game is currently uh, 
goal is. Tonight's action, Morocco will look horns uh, with Liberia at the Stade Mohamed V in the group stage uh, of those qualifiers tonight. Morocco kicked off their campaign with a 2-1 win versus Bafana. Uh, and then, of course, uh, th- th- that game, I think uh, if Morocco uh, managed to get another victory uh, and if Bafana Bafana drop points, uh, Barry, in their next qualifier, you've got to say that uh, I think Morocco will almost be a shoe-in to finish uh, top of that group. Thanks to Zimbabwe because it's a th- three-team group. Uh, so you're, you're, they're able to... Uh, I don't think we're going to beat Morocco. Let's, <laughs> let's be fair. But of course, Maybe we'll, 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 we'll always talk ourselves up. <laughs> I mean, thanks for the suspension Chris. because it's a three-team group. You can roll your eyes, Chris. You are, you are allowed. Because we always, we always have this conversation. Yes. And then Zimbabwe we finishes last. We live in fantasy land. We live in no, fantasy land. Uh, uh, the, the, the point I was making is that it's a three-team group. Thanks to the suspension of Zimbabwe, then it, it makes it a little bit easier. But 100%, those permutations are spot on. All the rivalry. Goal for Liverpool early on Derby Day. All the stars. Cut back and De Bruyne. He made that look easy. And I promise you it wasn't. And all the game-changing moments. Aubameyang, can he find a way through? You bet he can. That is top, top class. All the updates from the Premier League on ZFM Sport. All right, let's give you uh, a couple of significant transfer updates. Uh, starting on Merseyside, where Liverpool have reached an agreement for the transfer of Benfica striker Darwin Nunes in a deal worth up to 100 million euros. The Portuguese club, uh, who announced the deal in the early hours uh, of this morning, say Liverpool will pay an initial 75 million euros with add-ons that could amount to 25 million euro. But the big news coming out of Manchester is that City have announced the signing of Erling Haaland from Borussia Dortmund in a deal worth 51 million pounds. City have paid the 21-year-old's release clause and expect to pay 85.5 million in total when agent fee signing bonus and other costs are taken into account. Let's hear from City's new star, Erling Haaland. First of all, my father, a little bit. Um, uh, I was born in England. I've been a City fan my whole life. I know uh, a lot about the club. Uh, and um, I think in the end, two things. I... I feel a bit home here, I think, and uh, also I, I think I can develop uh, and uh, get the best out of my game in, in City. I, I like the style, I like the attacking football, uh, I like the, the kind of positive vibe uh, we have uh, uh, when City play football. This is uh, what I, I like a lot, um, uh, so uh, yeah, I think, I think it's, a, it's a really good fit. Barry, two teams uh, that uh, were only separated by one point at the end of a marathon 38-game season who separated themselves by 20 points from the uh, rest of the league have now signed two of the youngest and uh, brightest prospects as far as central strikers are concerned on the continent and that is ominous for the rest of the league. Extremely and also the fact that uh, the rest of the league is either playing in the Nations League or on the beach uh, and and, uh, seem like they're not moving in an, an inch uh, to cover that 20-point gap, whereas these teams seem to be going further and further away. Uh, so uh, I think potentially if there's no big business uh, in the off-season from the other teams, it could be a two-horse race again. Uh, Alois, is it easier for teams like City and Liverpool perhaps to make their moves on the transfer market because there's not a lot of moving and shaking? Uh, they are basically, you know, uh, plugging holes. Uh, they are basically moving, uh, perhaps bringing in two or three players 
as opposed to trying to rebuild a squad, trying to rebuild a team, trying to reshape a team. Now, when you look at these uh, two teams, Mike, you can actually see that they've been rebuilding for the, they've been building these teams for the past uh, three, four years. You know, I, I, I don't see them trying to uh, do an overhaul of, of their squad. They just want to replace here and there or improve uh, this position here and there. But they've got their squads intact mm. and they know they've been doing well. Look, these guys have been 20 points ahead of everybody else. 20, 19 points. They know that they are on, on a good path. They are where they want to be. What, is, what they need now is who is going to beat the other one. They know that they're competing, just the two of them right at the top. You can actually feel that with the lack of movement from the other teams, they've already given up already before this season even starts <laughs> next season. They, they, they know they've got no chance. These two are just competing on their own at the moment, and I think this is going to go maybe for another two, three years. Uh, Chris, uh, usually Chelsea uh, is the team uh, that uh, would have been making all sorts of moves uh, yeah. on the transfer market, especially under the Abramovich era. Now, they got the new American ownership and I think Chelsea fans really don't know uh, what's happening they don't know what to expect and yeah. they don't know what's going to be the outcome of the new owners first transfer uh, window yeah it's gonna be um, a lot of um speculation i think there's there's also going to be you expect you're going to expect new owners especially american owners to be a bit more cautious mm. than your abramovich would be it's I a think proper business it's a proper yeah, business yeah. it's a business is about investments they're going to be having 10 15 analysts in a room taking a look at these transfers <laughs> and that's what i think chelsea fans are keen to see is which way are these owners going to be leaning? Are they going to be able to give us what we're used to? Are they going to be, you know, a little bit more thrifty when it comes to this spending? Is it going to be a bit more targeted? So we're yet to see what happens at Chelsea, but something needs to happen. I think the players who've left, I think there's some significant gaps to fill there. A uh, message just, just caught my eye. It says, uh, hi guys, Lukaku will be the best. It will be in his best form next season. And I'm tipping him for the golden boot. Well, in which I don't quite know, but hey, let, let's go to the, to the UEFA Nations League. And of course, uh, there has been action uh, every night uh, for the last uh, one and a half weeks. And Spain coach uh, Luis Enrique has praised his side for the way they are developing as La Fure Roja saw off uh, the Czech Republic 2-0 to move into top spot in Group A2. Victory for Luis Enrique's side saw them leapfrog uh, Portugal, who were beaten by Switzerland 1-0. Now... Barry, the the the, the span the, Spa, the Spanish here and uh, the 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 Portuguese. I mean, they all just seem to have about the same problem. I think mm-hmm. guilty of creating a lot of chances, but also guilty of squandering them. I know ultimately it was a two 0 win for Spain. It should have been a lot wider. It should have been a lot wider. Uh, also, uh, listen in that in the early parts of the the first half, Czech Republic uh, getting a few a few chances themselves. They'll they'll be a little concerned by that. But the most concerned, like you quite rightly point out is the fact that they aren't taking their chances on the other side. Uh, so they'll they'll need to clean that up. Uh, I am on board with you and Alois now. Shucks, I have to wash my mouth out with soap and water. That Spain needs a number nine. Morata is not going to cut it. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. Number one, his movement is off. He's not in the right places when he needs to be. He's not getting on the end of things. He's just not... Nah, his technique man. is not up there. Yeah, his technique so, is so not right. yeah. Well, let's take a look at uh, Key Nations League. We can 
and results as we wrap up the show. Uh, there was a one-all draw between uh, France and Austria. Uh, France yet to win in the competition, uh, and that's worrying uh, for a side that's uh, touted by many as the best in the world. Croatia beat uh, Denmark 1-0. England and Italy played out a dour uh, goalless draw. Hungary and mm. Germany, a one-all draw. Netherlands and Poland, an exciting uh, four-goal thriller. That one ended 2-0. And then there was another one-all draw between Wales and uh, Belgium. And tonight's notable matches, France takes on Croatia, Denmark versus Austria. And of course, like I said, France are yet to win. And they'll be looking to win against Luka Modric's Croatia. Well, we'll go through that tomorrow. For now, may God richly bless you. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Manande, out. And it's Messi! It is the cleanest of clean finishes from the best on the planet. The biggest sports stories. Chelsea, the UEFA Champions League winners of 2021. The biggest interviews. That uh, such a great spectacle is ruined by such such thuggish behaviour. And all the analysis right here. He's the one player that has the arrogance to think that he can play in any stadium in the world and any pitch in the world, in front of any player in the world and take them on. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's ZFM Sport on ZFM Stereo. My station, your station. Hi, this is Mike Madud and you can catch me and the team for all the latest breaking news out of the world of sport, local as well as international on your favorite station, my station, your station, ZFM. We are Z Team on ZFM Sport. Z.